Hey y'all, I'm Whitney Scarborough, the host of Wits End. Here we are real people asking hard questions. If you think you hear the hum of a fridge or a train in the background, it's because you probably are. We are recording these episodes from the comfort of my home in a small town called LaGrange, Texas. Today, I am joined by Mandy Pinchik, who shares vulnerably with us about the painful journey of infertility, the power of prayer, and how to lean in and love others well who are going through dark seasons. Let's dive in. Friend, it's so good to be with you today. I am so excited we get to have this conversation. So I'm joined today by my friend Mandy Pinchik. Mandy, where are you joining us from today? <laughs> I'm in Whiteville, North Carolina. North Carolina. Okay, tell us what it's like right now. We're in we're in March. What what is it looking like outside your door right now? Um, spring actually here. It's kind of cool outside, but the sun is out and it's beautiful. Lovely. That's awesome. So tell us a little bit about your life, your day to day, what what your routine in your family looks like. So my day-to-day has changed a lot lately, and we'll get more into that. But um, I work at a dentist office about 30 minutes from home, Um, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and I'm off Wednesday and Fridays. Nice. That's awesome. And you and your husband, Ross, have been married for how long now? Uh, August will be six years. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really awesome. So right now on those days that you're not working, what does that look like? What's your what's um, your routine? I have a three month old and mm. I spend my whole day with him. Loving on him. Right? I do. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Very much so. For our listeners, I just got to meet this little guy, Riker is his name, right? And just sweet, precious little guy. And um so for those of you who are listening, just know that this is a gift to be able to get to hear and share the story of um, what God has done in this family's life. So um, so let's just rewind a little bit and kind of give our listeners some context. So what I wanted just to start with um, today was, you know, this is this is a miracle story. And sometimes we we don't pause. Um, to really highlight huge things that God has done. But um, this has also been a hard journey. And right now you're in the the beautiful part of getting to be a mom, but it hasn't been something that's been an easy journey. So I just want you to kind of share, share that with us a little bit and talk about what this journey has looked like for you. So um Ross and I started trying to get pregnant right after we got married because we had dated for several years. Um, We had two miscarriages along the way. One was on Mother's Day in 2018, Mm -hmm. and the other was in January of 2019. Wow. I might have those years wrong. Let me think. Yeah, yeah, we're in 2021. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Get your bearings, yeah. <laughs> yeah, in um, March of 2019, we were referred to see a fertility doctor. So we started fertility treatment. And we did, a lot of people who know about fertility is they have steps they want you to take before you do what 
is called in vitro IVF. So one of those steps is called an IUI and we did two of those and those didn't work. Hmm. So in August of 2019, we did, we started shots. Hmm. I have my ears wrong. Mm. (laughs) It's probably a blur. I'm sure when you look back at it, it's like, Oh, it was probably just like a season of a long, hard season. Yeah. So in, in 2018 is when we did the shots and we had egg retrieval and there were seven embryos and I was supposed to go in a week later to have a checkup. Mm. They weren't supposed to know anything yet. So I went to the checkup alone. We called the day before to make sure. Well, I was sitting in the waiting room of the fertility office when they told me that Mm. none of the embryos were Mm. viable to have implantation. Wow. I was in Austin. I was by myself. Mm. And they told me on the phone and I was in their waiting room. Mm. And it truly was devastating. Mm. Because at this point, it's been, it's already been a couple years. You've already had... Mm -hmm loss, you've already experienced miscarriage, and then now you've invested time and money, Mm -hmm. and this is a low place, right? Yeah. Yeah. This is October of 2018. It was in 18, and like, at that point, you just, we were at rock bottom. Mm. You know, in in the midst of this, and that this is just, we got a puppy, and when we got this puppy, Mm. my mom was thinking, Oh my Lord, why did they get this puppy when they're trying to have a baby? That is just going to be way too much. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But truly, she was in that period our saving grace. Mm, just joy. I'm sure brought so much joy yeah, to you guys. She did yeah. because she loved on us. Mm. And like you had to do things for her mm. that some days you just didn't want to do yeah. anything. Yeah. Mm. So. At that point, we were told we could try again. or And so Ross and I prayed about it, and we went to see a different fertility doctor in Austin. Mm. And it was a lady doctor, and she basically told us that we had a greater chance at winning the lottery than we did of having a child, the two of us. Wow. That we could look at donor eggs or stuff Mm. like that, but... It was Mm. not in the cards for us to have Mm. a child together. Wow. Yeah. Basically, it's it's just not going to happen. Like, it's a pretty much impossible. Yeah. It's an impossible situation. Wow. Wow. And she said, so if you want to do IVF, I would be doing, I I would not be your doctor because it's probably not going to work again. Mm. Mm. She was very, I mean, honest, but. Yeah. It could have been, I guess, broached differently. Right, right. But, and that's just part of our story. Right. So in the midst of all this, you and I sat down mm-hmm. and talked. And mm-hmm. you um, were speaking for Mother's Day, remember? Mm-hmm. We right. had a really right. good, we had a, mm-hmm. and that yes. was like in the darkness of all yeah. this. So yeah, so uh, we should give everybody just who's listening a 
you know, a little background because um, we met when you guys were still living here in LaGrange, Texas. Mm -hmm. And so that's where I still live. And Mandy and Ross were living here and um, we were part of the same church. And our pastor had asked me to speak on Mother's Day and to to deliver the message. And I knew um, that Mother's Day is one of those really sensitive Um, you know, has a wide range of emotions and reactions and just baggage associated with it for women. And so one of the things I said to you was, let's talk about what does Mother's Day mean to you? How do you feel on Mother's Day knowing that, I mean, for you, it's a struggle of infertility and it feels like the pictures and, you know, all of these things can be really just almost like salt in a wound. Um, And and not, you know, not helpful at all. Um, so I remember we pretty much wept for about two hours. <laughs> I remember that. I remember that. Yes, we did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. So um, yeah. fast forward a little bit. Yeah. You and I met at Texas Windstop. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were talking about mm. a cookbook. Mm-hmm. And out of the blue, I told Whitney, I said, Whitney, I think I might be crazy, but... God told me there's going to be a baby. I mm. said, and what that looks like, mm. I have no idea. Mm. And Whitney goes, okay, we're going to start praying about this baby. Yeah. Mm. And honestly, at the time, mm. I thought adopt. I mean, that was my mind. Yeah. So, and that was actually in July of 2019. Wow. And this is, so this is after failed IVF. This is after the second IVF doctor has said, nope, not worth it. Not worth your time. Not worth the money. Yes. And so um, then Ross and I just started feeling like God was just leading us away Mm. from LaGrange, Mm. which was really hard because yeah. We loved our jobs. We loved our church. Mm. We loved everything. Mm. And so we prayed about it and talked about it. And we were like, okay, Mm. we're going to move to North Carolina. And we're going to move March 1st. Mm. So this is like March 1st, 2020, right? Yes. Yes. So we left LaGrange and moved to North Carolina. In 2020, mm. March 1st. Which is like and, the uh, craziest month of the year for, <laughs> right? With the pandemic and how, I, you know, none of us I worked knew. My, I worked my new job for three days before they shut it down. That is so, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we moved in March and, mm. you know, our plan was we were going to come here. We were going to do foster to adopt classes and. Mm. that that was what we were going to do. Yeah. And in April, I found out I was pregnant with our miracle baby. Yeah. And that's what he, he I will refer to him that a lot because, yeah. you know, Cause he we had been through a lot. Yeah. And we went and seen a doctor and yeah. heard his heart beat and wow. we wouldn't get excited because... We had been down those roads before, like, yeah. and we didn't tell people at first, 
when we waited and waited. Mm. Finally, we started, we told people. Mm. We sent a lot of people pictures with us <laughs> holding an ultrasound. That was how that. we told them. <laughs> but um, I still was scared doing everything. Like right. I was afraid. Yeah. And we finally, once we were further along, we started doing the nursery and started to get excited. Yeah. But I'll tell you, even in labor and delivery, mm. God had his hand on him because the cord was wrapped around his neck three times. Wow. And they ended up doing a C-section to mm. take him out because he wouldn't have came anyway. But yeah. Yeah. if he would have, he would have probably died in the process. Wow. Like, my only thing is when you're at your lowest of lows and you're praying, God hears you. Even yeah. when you think he doesn't, mm. he does. Yeah. He does. And I have a yeah. miracle baby just to to prove that he listens. And, you know, even had we not got to have Riker, yeah. if we would have adopted, he was still giving me that feeling, yeah. that desire of mine to be a mom. Yeah. Yeah. It's so powerful. I mean, I remember when you guys sent the picture of, of the ultrasound and I just lost it. I remember just at first being like, whose who's picture is it? Like, who, whose ultrasound picture did you steal, you know? Yeah. I was just absolutely in disbelief because I think when you had told me that, that previous July, I think, um, you know, what your heart, you know, what, what you were expecting, kind of what, what I was thinking was, okay, it sounds like God must be leading you guys to adopt, you know? And, and, um, and so the impossible just really didn't even seem like it, whatever it could ever happen, you know? Um, so yeah, it's one of those stories that I just, I've wanted people to hear because I just want people to know, like, God really does still do the impossible, you know, he really yes, does. He does. You know, so wow, friend, it's so cool to hear this story again and just kind of the whole timeline. Um, and I know one thing that we've talked about is um, how people can love one another well through seasons of incredible pain um, and through seasons of hardship. And um, I just wanted to ask how you would encourage someone who has a friend or a family member who's dealing with infertility. Um, how would you encourage that person? Um, Pray with them. To love that person well. Yeah. Pray with them. If they need someone just to cry to, listen. Mm-hmm. And it, I mean, my mom quoted scripture a lot to me, yeah. like First Samuel 2.21, mm-hmm. where... Um, he, they're talking about Hannah and she, the, her wanting a baby. And she ended up giving birth to three sons and two daughters. Wow. So, and she would talk about Elizabeth. Was it Elizabeth? Mm-hmm. Who had John, John the Baptist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. She would tell me about that. Mm-hmm. Like she always told me stories of miracles in the Bible. Yeah. Um. So, and I mean, the worst thing you can do, even though it always is, is when they're at that point, don't say it's all part of God's plan. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. just yeah. 
we know that when we're in those depths, mm-hmm. but we really don't want anybody else yeah. to tell us yeah. that. Exactly. Yeah. It's so true. Yeah. So it sounds like, and I remember you even saying this to me then, just people showing up for you and even saying, I don't really have anything to say. I don't know what to say, but I just want you to know that I care. Um, that that was really huge for you guys. Um, it was. People showing up. Yeah. Yep. And sometimes it it doesn't even have to be a big show up. It's yeah. a text message or a phone call. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, definitely. Being present. Love them when they're yeah. there because they need you more than you yeah. realize. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's so true. Um, so you kind of already answered this, but um, yeah, can you think of just, you know, hurtful or unhelpful things that people shouldn't do or shouldn't say? Don't tell us it's all part of God's plan. Yeah. We know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and don't feel like when you're pregnant, you can't tell us. Mm. We're happy for you. Yeah. We yeah. hurt for us, but we're mm. happy for you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. For sure. Don't exclude someone from yeah. the joy of sharing in that as a friend. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And just, I mean, and it doesn't always have to be like a, a downer conversation. Yeah. Like even yeah. if it's, hey, you want to go have a yeah. piece of cake and something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for like, sure. Yeah. Lean into it with me. Just yeah. come close to me versus distance yourself from me. Yeah. 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 I think that's really good. It sounds so simple, um, but I do feel like oftentimes what we do is we, we um, the things that are most uncomfortable, um, we kind of just, you know, dance around or distance ourselves from, you know? Um, and I remember one point somebody saying to me something along the lines of, um, you know, um, just kind of having that wisdom of knowing when to speak truth when people are hurting and how, um, you know, like you said, you know, sometimes saying to somebody, this is part of God's plan or whatever is, is actually really not very helpful. Um, and I, um, heard someone say, you know, that, um, sometimes the greatest gift that you can give somebody is to um, really allow that person to be fully where they are and not to try to kind of write God's message and God's story in their life when God still has them in a place of learning and walking through something with him and let them come to the realization in time with him that really only he can speak to their hearts. You know, it doesn't have to be something that you have to remind them in order to make sure they don't forget that God is going to continue to speak those, those truths to that person's heart in, in his time and in his perfect plan of healing for them, you know? Um, Yeah. When you're that friend, you just meet them in their mess. Yeah. And you help them. You just be there with them in their mess. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Yeah. So what are some just encouragements that you might offer somebody who is maybe listening to this and dealing with infertility and, and like you said, may, may not see their dream realized? I think in it all, you have to know that God is always there. Yeah. And he is always working. 
Mm-hmm. Even if uh, the child you end up with is not one you have, it's one mm-hmm. that you adopt. It's not the picture you had in your head of what yeah. it would be to become a mother. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, at the end of the day, if your whole heart is just to be a mom, that's what mine was. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't care about any of the other, of how we got it, yeah. any of that. I just wanted to be a mom. Mm-hmm. There are babies every day that need a mom. Yeah. 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 So just because it's not the way you envisioned it doesn't mean it won't come full circle for you. Right. Yeah. And, And from everything that you've shared, it sounds like when you and Ross were at that place, you guys were ready to walk down that road and your hearts really were excited for that. Oh, yeah the possibility of fostering and adopting mm-hmm. and yeah. And who knows? Yeah. Might still end up doing that. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I was going to ask you that just, is that something that you think that, you know, you, you guys now, even maybe your hearts have been warmed up to because of your journey um, that you maybe hadn't, wouldn't have thought about before. Oh, I mean, adoption was always on the table for us. Mm. Yeah. Um, so is yeah. it off the table now that we have a baby? No. Yeah. Yeah. We'll just see what, what it ends up being. You know, yeah. if you'd exactly. asked me last year, yeah, March 1st, if I was going to have a baby, I'd be like, no, nah, yeah, I'm going to have to adopt a baby. I'm exactly. not going to biologically have a baby. And yeah. then, you know, when yeah. I told Ross, he's like, are you kidding that, mm. that can't be our test. <laughs> I don't know who you got that from. Right. <laughs> that's that's not from us. That's fake. Yeah, go get 10 more and make sure that's right. <laughs> <laughs> you need to make sure that's right. Yeah, exactly. Um, I One thing I wanted to ask you was just how does the time of waiting that you've experienced affect how you view motherhood and how you view Riker now? Oh, I look at him every day. In complete awe. Mm. And I'm so grateful that God allows me to be his mom. Yeah. Because he's every prayer I ever had mm. answered in one little boy. Yeah. Mm. It's hard to believe that. But yeah. Mm. That's amazing. But, yeah. I mean, and I know now looking back, all that hard time, God had done that and brought us closer to Him. Yeah. Because, I mean, there was times it was hard, really hard. And mm. He was one of, He was the only person that you felt like you could just talk to and say yeah. everything to. Yeah. And He would not judge you for any mm. of the things you were feeling. Yeah. Did I get angry? There was mm. times I was angry. Yeah. That's, sure. that's a normal emotion. Yeah. Mm. so you were kind of able to like bring that unfiltered to God and like completely lay it all out there yeah yeah because a lot of times I feel like when you're struggling with anything not just fertility you feel like you have to put on a facade for everyone else yeah you can't let them know how bad it really is Mm. yeah and with him you Mm. can just be bare yeah because he's going to love you regardless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so true. Yeah. We, um, 
one of the things that we've recently talked about in Woven, um, just at our recent retreat, was about this idea of lament and this idea of lament throughout the scriptures being something that is a language that God gives us really the opportunity to be raw and honest and totally free before him with our hurt, um, with some of it is the result of our own sin. Some of it is the result of other people's sin. Some of it's just the hurt that we have from being in a broken world and um, that God doesn't um, shun us for that. In fact, he invites that. Um, And that that is throughout all of scripture and um, that when we bring that to God, that um, that really is a is an act of of worship in a way because it's an act of again saying like God, I know that you are real. I know that you're present. I know that you can change these things, um, and I'm going to ask, continue to ask boldly that you would, um, and then I'm going to trust you with what I have, you know, no control over, and really leave it here. And um, I just hear that a lot in your story of that faithfulness to really wrestle with God, going to God, taking your honest, raw hurt, anger, frustration, disappointment to him. Um, And then, you know, continuing to ask boldly, you know, and you guys really never, you know, even in the midst of it not going the way you had planned um, at, you know, towards the, the, first, you know, the beginning part of it, it, it really was something that you guys still had this great faith, you know, of like, when you said to me, there's going to be a baby in the next year. And I, I know, I mean, God told me that. And I remember being like, okay, Mandy, I really hope that's true. But my heart's a little worried. Like what if God didn't say that, you know, but you really just had this, yeah, you had this resolve in your, in your eyes, you know, that was just like, this is what God, you know, God really has, has spoken to me about this, you know? And, um, I mean, it probably, some people might be listening and be like, that just sounds kind of hokey or crazy, you know, but, um, but it's, it's real, you know, it it was, it happened. And it, so, I I mean, I feel like such a, like it was such a privileged place to get to kind of just sit on the front row and watch, um, and just watch the hand of God at work, you know? So, it's amazing. Always have you some yeah. prayer warriors too mm-hmm. that surround you. Yeah. Like even still now I have people there who are yes. just my prayer warriors. Yeah. Yeah. There's Absolutely. one lady in particular, mm-hmm. you know her, Whitney. Mm-hmm. And she is mm-hmm. like a second mom to yeah. me. And mm-hmm. she is one of the best prayer warriors anybody could ever have. Absolutely. Mm. So when I had the privilege to tell her mm. about him and then when we came in, mm. we took her we, we got took to visit him. LaGrange recently, right? Yeah. 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 We took him to mm. see her and her yeah. husband. Mm. And they gave him a bunny. And I, <laughs> I you know so it's precious. Just, it is like precious. I would have paid money to see her reaction when you told her, when you told her the uh, the news that he was. Like, and I had, I didn't get to tell her in person. So, Mm. and you know, she, I did a Bible study with her in the Mm. midst of all this. Mm -hmm. And it was, um, a thousand. One thousand gifts. Uh huh. Yes. Yes. And it was Uh like, 
even on the days you have a really bad day, mm. find one thing to be thankful for, yeah. whether it be the sun is mm. shining outside right. or I have on a shirt I like, like mm. finding something good about that day yeah. from God. Yeah, yeah. That book and so, yes, Anne Boskamp you're talking about is so yes. good. She's a poet. Yes. Yes. And she writes so beautifully. And I, I remember reading that book also in, in a, a season of a lot of um, feeling like there were a lot of no's and things that weren't happening the way that I had planned or the way that I wanted. It was just really discouraged and starting a, a journal of writing out some of those, you know, gifts every day. And it really was like a very eye opening. Um, yes. And it, it really did shift my perspective, you know. Um, to be thankful for not again, not the not the mentality of being thankful for. I prayed this happened, and so I'm thankful for that. But God, I prayed you you even said no, and I'm thankful for that and what you're teaching me in that. You know, um, but um, yeah, this is this is so encouraging. I just have loved hearing your story, Mandy, and I'm so excited for people to get to hear it. And so. If there's anything else that you would um, share or just want to want to leave with anybody who's listening, what would that be? Always talk to him, yeah. even when you think he's not listening. Yeah. Mm. Surround yourself with people who are going to pick you up mm. in the midst of your mess and go yeah. through it with you. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Amen. This has been such a treat, friend. Thank you so much for being here today. It's so awesome. I know. I'm so glad I got to talk to you. I'm so glad. I know the only thing that could make this any better would be if we just had Riker's little coo, cooing, crying voice on the other, you know, just little baby's noises on the other end. Oh, he's he's sitting in his dad's lap right now, so I'm sure. Today's episode was made possible by Carrie Gakey at Southern District Properties Group, brokered by Compass. Carrie is a native Texan and 15-year Brenham resident. She has over two decades of real estate experience. Carrie has had a particularly significant impact in my family's life when she led us through the home buying process for the first time in 2017. Carrie serves all of South Central Texas within the Texas Triangle. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of Wits End. Okay, we're back for another episode of, what are we going to call this? I don't know, we don't have a name. <laughs> you called him an outro. Fake people, dumb questions. <laughs> <laughs> or, yeah, we'll stick with that for now. Okay. <laughs> All right, so are you ready for round two? <laughs> yes. What is a team that you've been proud to be a part of in the past? Mm. I played soccer in ninth grade. <laughs> that was the first thing that came to mind? <laughs> Out of every team... I'm not even talking about sports teams necessarily. <laughs> Any team. <laughs> I was, I was thinking, Your soccer team from ninth grade was the first team <laughs> that came to I played play. one season, and I was not good, so I don't even think I own cleats. <laughs>
I think they like gave me a hall pass to wear my tennis shoes. <laughs> you were out there in basketball shoes. <laughs> probably. Running around. Probably. No. Oh, man. I think probably this is kind of going back into my the beginning of my teaching career. But I got to be on a team of people that work to accredit a school, which was a heck of a lot more work than I ever bargained for. But it was it was really neat because, you know, you're getting to kind of lay the foundation and groundwork and set up the next generation of teachers and students for success. So, yeah, so I, probably that would be one of the first things that came to my mind just because it was something I got voluntold to do. I did not sign up for that. Um, I, you know, took a job and then found out that I had to do a lot of work that uh, included writing curriculum and reading through thousands of pages of documents. Okay, that's an exaggeration. Hundreds of pages. <laughs> um, but I remember at the end of it, it was a two-year process, and I remember feeling extremely proud of just all the work that had been done individually and then as a team to set that school up for success. All right, you're going to stick with that, huh? Well, I mean, do you want me to say something? Okay. No, you Ooh, had babe, my mean, team with you. You and me are a great team. We are a great no, parenting. Team. I wasn't fishing for something. Are you I'm sure? just you. I mean, you went right to ninth grade soccer first. I know. I mean, and then an accreditation team. So when I just want to make. Team, I thought literally of sports. I just want to make sure you're you're sticking with accreditation <laughs> teaching team. Well, I mean, I I have like groups of people now that I get to work with that I'm proud to work with but I know it's got to be past tense okay that's what I thought okay. I thought you wanted like other place and time and everything yeah okay all right so speaking of teams how many um in sports how many basketballs do you think we could fit in this room okay um so this this we're in our dining room okay so this room is what maybe like 12 by 12 10 no not even that big I don't know. This is a test, and I know the answer, so I what? hope you get it right. How do you know the answer? That's for me to know and you to find out. <laughs> you, are, you are lying. Um, okay, so I'm going to say, like, I'm just do some mental gorilla math. I'm going to say, like, 12 across and 12 down, and so that would be um, 144 across the floor times 10 so i'm gonna say like 10 levels high maybe so 1440 basketballs final answer final answer i actually don't know i knew you did it how could how could you possibly know but i think you're wrong (laughs) just for why do you, you think it's more or less just for the sake of argument I think this is more than 12 basketballs wide and more than 10 basketballs high. Really? But you also have to think that that's an open doorway and the basketballs aren't going to stay if you stack up basketballs right there. So really... You're thinking of them going into our living room. Yeah. If you, and unless you have some containment, <laughs> you're going to have to fill up both of these rooms, which means you have to fill up the hallway too. I guess we'll have to test it out and let you know. Okay. We're going to go buy bunch of basketballs <laughs> and fill this room okay <laughs> to be continued okay that's all for now 
To find show notes for this and past episodes or to engage on a deeper level, you can go to wovenministry.com slash podcast. If you enjoy what you hear so far, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps listeners find and share this feed. If you'd like to tell us what you enjoyed about this podcast or ask your hard question, you can call us at 512-815-2446. That's 512-815-2446. You'll simply leave a voicemail with what's on your mind, and we might just include your voice on a future episode. Music and editing for the show is by Callan Brown. Recording and production by Tim Scarborough. I'm Whitney Scarborough, and we'll be back here with more very soon. Thanks for listening.